Hello, welcome to the Inside Scoop. Everything you need to know for your student to succeed in the Cobb County School District. I'm David Owen. Cobb County School District has needs. Those needs are for the sake of helping our students reach that lofty goal of success, not only through graduation, but also success in life. And our Georgia legislature has a lot to do with the school district's ability to help students get to that point of success. With us now to help sort out these issues is Cobb School District's Compliance and Legislative Affairs Officer, Gretchen Walton. Gretchen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, David. First, let's start with a brief description of what your role is with the school district as relates to uh, the legislature. So as the Compliance and Legislative Affairs Officer, I make sure that we comply with um, state and federal mandates. Mm -hmm. And then on the legislative affairs side, I work with our legislators to make informed decisions and to basically monitor what's happening down under the Gold Dome Mm -hmm. and participate in the process um, as a voice for our children and for our district. Now, that sounds like quite a busy job, frankly. And uh, one of the things that I understand is at the heart of that is that you take a set of legislative priorities that have been established by the Cobb School Board. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and specifically what the school board is asking of our lawmakers under the Gold Dome? So our legislative priorities, we set them every year, uh, often in response to uh, both what has happened under the Gold Dome in the previous session, um, and also to current events um, and and things that are happening out in the world. Mm -hmm. So this year, we have three major legislative priorities. Um, The first is local control. The second is financial sustainability. And the third is accuracy and accountability. And under those three priorities, then we have targeted um, goals. And I can walk you through each one. Shall yeah. I? Shall I go? I'm going to start yeah, let's, backwards. Let's go ahead I'll go backwards with them. Actually, let me let me uh, stop you at this point and say that I was able to get a copy of these uh, legislative priorities uh, off of our own website. Indeed. So we have them posted on the website. We also have physical copies that we share mm-hmm. um, when we're meeting with the delegation, when we're meeting with parent groups, or meeting with teacher groups. They're available to anyone who might want them. Um, and it's it's kind of a neat uh, format. I mean, I, I know this is very superficial. Forgive me, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a, a good small size. It's the sort of thing that you can carry around with you even. Um, on one side, it's got those legislative priorities. And then on the other, it's got information about the school district that a lot of people might not realize, like how many students we have, how many schools we have, uh, how many employees. We're the largest employer in Cobb County and so forth. So it's got a lot of information on there that could come in handy for any school-related conversation. But uh, again, on the other side, it's got the legislative priority. So let me, uh, forgive me for interrupting you on that. I just want to point that out. It's kind of a neat little piece to uh, have at your side if you need it. So go ahead and and, uh, touch on some of those priorities for us. Third one, I'm going to work backwards, Mm -hmm. accuracy and accountability. Um, We're really asking that legislators help us safeguard against accountability measures being a guessing game. And in particular, looking at graduation rate. And so there's this has been around for years, this discussion. Mm-hmm. But recently, and this is what you're going to see in this session, what we're working on, we are asking in particular, the federal law allows for the ninth grade group that determines graduation rate. The ninth grade group, um, they 
it says that we have to include all ninth graders and the grad rate is based on who graduates in four years, but that would include a child who is enrolled in our district literally for only a day, a single day. Okay, they so would count against us. Let, let me stop you at this point because uh, consider me that remedial student in the classroom. On day one, you count that group of ninth graders you were talking about and you've got a hundred, uh, just, just for discussion, a hundred ninth grade students in XYZ high school. Right. Okay. So the graduation rate is then calculated by four, four years later. Four years later, looking at that same group and what? add in any other child from anywhere who started ninth grade anywhere at the same time. <laughs> okay. So who transfers in, right. right? So you got these kids whose parents maybe transferred to another place for a job or, right. or whatever. They're no longer even in Cobb County. Right. Or let's think about the child who might be um, living between two parents, right? The parents have gotten divorced. Uh -huh. So they're like, oh, well, this year I'm going to live with dad in ninth grade and then gets in a fight after the first day at school with dad and says, I'm going back to mom. And mom lives in, say, Paulding. So now that child, if we don't know where the child went, is going to count against us in four years. Oh my so goodness. say dad That's... doesn't do any paperwork, kid just goes back to mom, kid was enrolled previously in Paulding, it's the first, second so day of school. It's really just, like like it says, it's an accuracy thing. It, it is an it accuracy thing. It's an accuracy thing. So one of the things we're going to be asking is um, to push back the when they determine who those ninth graders are mm -hmm. to our, what we call, it, it's when we do our count of our kids, and it's actually in October. So it creates a little more stability. Um, as far as the student population for the year and uh -huh. who is in that ninth grade. So that's one piece of it that we're going to be asking. Um, the other piece as far as the priority is that mm -hmm. they look at, we do a wonderful job of serving our students with disabilities. And by law, those students are allowed to take more than four years to graduate from high school. Sure. However, then there's ESSA, the federal law that says that they are going to count against us if they don't graduate in four years. So, you know, it, it, that's another place that we're trying to reconcile um, some interesting, almost legal paradoxes that they've created. Okay, so these are not obviously these these can't be by design. I mean that that's just got to be one of those things where some somebody thinking, okay, we need to measure graduation rate, just says, okay, after four years we're going to measure it. Well, they didn't take into account those special needs kids or, or other situations. So it's it's basically an unintended consequence of a well-intended law, right? Right. And this is the, what we see a lot of time with legislation. Um, and in this, like in this particular, with this particular priority, it's also just a, um, maybe not being as aware of the conflicting laws mm -hmm. and then the unintended consequence of creating a, a law that is going to conflict with it. So it definitely, whatever we can do at the state level to maximize the flexibility of how this is done and to make our graduation rate about how we educate children, mm -hmm. not about bureaucracy and pushing paper. That is what we really want to see. So, so the graduation rate, does that play, does that translate into dollars? 
or anything? Well, as far as trans- translating dollars, it translates into part of ratings of schools. So uh-huh. we have these schools that are working really hard. And then the example I gave about a kid who's just here one day, right? Right. And then that kid counts against them. Um, they're it, dinged for that. They're dinged for that, yeah. right. I mean, so again, it's about accuracy. I mean, I don't think it's accurate to say that, and I would say Cobb County Schools doesn't think it's accurate to say that um, a school that is doing all the right things for a kid then should be marked down because a child doesn't, you know, another child moved and the parents didn't give notice. Now, let's take a look at the next priority. Financial sustainability was the the next one? So financial sustainability, first of all, any kind of – we need consistency for our students, obviously, and for our system. Um, and, And it's not just about the school district. We are the largest employer in Cobb County. We have 17,907 employees. Over 70% of those people live in Cobb County. Uh So it's not just about financial sustainability for the district and how we meet the needs of children. It's a wider impact because the biggest employer in the county um, needs to be financially sustained, yeah. obviously. It's a, a, an economic, a local economy. Right. And you know, we've all recently weathered the the recession, um, in which we know that there are ups and downs in the economy. So the district is always looking to make sure that our efforts and honestly, our excellence is sustainable and can be maintained. And we're looking for alternative ways to do that, right? It, it, right now, in Cobb, the funding sources, the, there's millage, obviously, that I think most people know about from our property taxes. Right. And that can be a whole different, in fact, different I think discussion. it is a, a, a different podcast. Um, right. And I, I think we do have another podcast. Um, so there, that's one option. And then we have SPLOS for a lot of our capital improvements. Um, but there are other options that exist. Um, like and, what? and well, I mean, they've, they've looked at are there places where they could pass, um, what's called an e-lost. And so that is, um, a sales tax that, so again, it's a consumption tax. Um, and it could be used for anything, whereas SPLOST is only for capital improvements. I mean, so those are, that's one of the options. So as far as financial sustainability, you know, we talk about local fair share. People have seen a lot about local fair share. Um, Cobb in particular, local fair share is a big deal because we are asked to, we are credited with dollars we never see is the bottom line of local fair share. Local fair share is about five mils of um, we have to cover, it, but it takes into account the tax digest, mm-hmm. not including exemptions. Right. I've, I've remember an earlier podcast, I think it was with our, our CFO. Okay. So Brad Johnson talked Brad about Johnson, it. Brad Johnson. Right. And he went in depth on that. So great. Well, so if someone wants to see that podcast, they yeah, can better understand a- it. But absolutely. know that that is one of our priorities. Trying to cap local fair share is mm-hmm. one of our priorities. And then expanding our alternative resources. Those are things that we're looking at under financial sustainability. Mm-hmm. So then our last although it's number one, and I've gone backwards, but it's the one that you're going to hear about probably the most. Um, it's been very, it's been very dominating the media is local control um, and our priorities under local control. So the idea of local control in general is that we want to empower the people who are best 
equipped to serve their own communities, right? Mm -hmm. So what Cobb needs is not necessarily what the folks down in Talaferro County, the smallest county, Mm -hmm. need. Um, So this is about the fact that we don't want to tell Talaferro what to do either, but we want to be able to decide what to do. We have an elected board of education. Mm -hmm. Um, we have an elected delegation. We have an elected county commission. There are all sorts of elected folks, um, in our own county who can make these decisions, um, representing their constituents. Also, then we have all sorts of experts within the school district, but also experts, you know, a mom is the expert on her children, her own children. A dad is the expert on his own children. So we have moms and dads who know the needs of their own children in our specific communities. And the needs of a child, while there are basic needs of every child, the needs of a child in Cobb could be different than the needs of the of the child in Talaferro County. That's so um, that's what local control is about. It's about really putting those decisions as close to the people affected by the decisions as mm-hmm. possible. So... That's what we're, we're advocating for. Um, and it, it is, you know, it is one of the three major priorities for us. You've probably heard about it a lot having to do with the school calendar issue. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which has been, you know, it's, it's lots of the, opinions out there. Right. And there have been, there's been a study committee that's been meeting. They just came out with their recommendations. Um, and that situation was kind of odd. Usually they're committee recommendations. Instead, this committee just shared for members' own personal recommendations instead of sharing committee recommendations. So it, it was hmm. a little odd. It was definitely irregular. Um, it, it was. Um, so the school calendar issue that I'm sure folks have been hearing about, it was all over social media. The committee is really just making recommendations. No legislation has dropped yet. So here's the next piece, because this is always a question I'm asked. What can I do as a citizen? What can I do right. as a as a mom, as a dad, as a as an interested citizen, as a teacher, as a school leader? Um, and what you can do is be involved. So that's the first thing. Know what's going on. Because one of the challenges of these people serving as legislators is that there are literally thousands of p- pieces of legislation dropped in the legislative session. And that session's not really long, right? Like it opens in, in January and closes at the end of March, early April. Yeah, so it's like 40 days or right, something? Correct. It's 40 days. So it's, it's super, super short, right? So imagine thousands of bills dropping in that time. And let's all remember this is these are laws that are dropped, right? So it's not like super easy language either. It's it, like you have to actually read. Yeah, that, see that—that's the thing that gets me. At, at both both the uh, the state and federal levels, these laws are so in depth, right? Mm-hmm. And didn't I hear somebody say once? You said thousands, but it seems like I heard the number two thousand. That's an easy number for math. So I'm thinking you got forty days of a session. 2,000 pieces of legislation. That's 50 pieces of legislation to breeze through reading in a day. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. It is crazy. And until I was in this position, I didn't realize how crazy it was. Because you also have to think about the breadth of that legislation, right? Like you, you think about it in the media a little bit because you hear... Oh, they're talking about transportation. Oh, they're talking about education. Oh, they're talking about healthcare. Oh, the level of expertise that one needs to have to understand the legislation and the, and the consequences, both intended and unintended of that legislation is huge. So that's why being engaged is so important because legislators have to depend on trusted advisors. 
And I have spoken to a number of legislators who have talked about the fact that communications from constituents and from people who have some expertise in the field is very, very important. And, you know, you you don't want one person to be the lone voice informing a vote. And so if you're out there listening, Mm -hmm. you know, and you have an opinion and you also have your own experience informing that opinion, you need to share it. And, you know, the General Assembly has an easy, like, the webpage is easy. You can click on the link to email a legislator once you once you find out who your representative is. It's all on the web, super easy to do. Um, and so that's important, but it's not just important about your own representative, although I will say constituents have the loudest voice. They do when mm-hmm. you say, oh, I can vote for you. Sure. Um, the way that the assembly is set up is that there are committees that basically look at all this legislation. Mm -hmm. And so in the world of education, there is an education committee on both the House side and the Senate side. Now, those committees haven't been named yet and the chairs haven't been named yet. Um, The assembly comes in session on the 14th of January and they'll be named at that time. So at that time, it definitely is important. All this, again, posted publicly on the General Assembly website. Find out who's on the education committees. It doesn't just have to be someone who you can vote for. It, it can be anyone. They serve the state. They don't just serve their constituents. Mm-hmm. And so speaking out, informing them, right, when they're getting 2,000 pieces of legislation, it is so important to make that digestible for a legislator so that they can make an informed decision. And so if you have an opinion or you have a concern, reach out, tell them what it's about and not just broadly, right? Like when you hear that a piece of legislation or you actually are watching the website and see the legislation, reach out, tell them the piece of legislation that you're concerned about, tell them why, give them the ability to make an informed decision. Don't just let one voice be what they're acting on. It's because their their life must be like running around with hair on fire. It's it, There's so much going on. It, it's literally a madhouse. When you're at the Gold yeah. Dome during the session, that place is crazy. So they would, would they actually welcome polite, I presume, input from constituents and, and those who have an interest, not just constituents, but like you were saying, for the, the committee chair, et cetera, um, input that's genuine, succinct, to the point and polite. Welcome, absolutely. They they look for it. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I've I've literally had legislators say, "I haven't heard from anyone." So you know that then leaves the school district being the lone voice, right? And we have concerned parents, teachers. We have we have so many people that care. Um, the problem is finding the time, right? Just as a citizen, finding the time to engage in the process and yeah. know what's going on. Sure, people work and they they still are interested, but they've got to earn a living and so forth. So let me let me ask you this, and I I know this is putting you on the spot, and, and maybe this is the best way to do it. Surely there is one online link that we could provide our listeners, and maybe the best way to do that would be – I'm not going to ask you for it right now, so don't don't start searching on your phone. Oh, I had it up before we started because <laughs> okay. it's easy. But, but the web address, uh, is it an easy web oh, address? Oh, it is. Okay. For, the, for the General well, Assembly, well, go ahead and tell us. it's just legis, which is L-E-G-I-S uh-huh. dot G-A dot gov. Okay, well, that's super easy. And that's the General Assembly, and that leads to both the House and the Senate's web pages. Uh-huh. It also um, has 
in the in the top drop downs has a, a place called legislation. That's one of the drop downs. And um, if you want to better understand how a bill is tracked, it also um, it goes through the you can find the legislation that's been dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, I know I, I there, there it's my job, so I nerd out about this stuff. But <laughs> right. I'll also say I wish I'd better understood that's the most convicting thing about this job. I, I wish I'd better understood as a citizen how important my voice was and how welcome my opinion was to our legislators because I probably would have taken a lot more time. And I, I felt like I was a, you know, I go vote. I, I always have. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought I was really involved. I was not involved at all compared to what I could have been. I so, hope so. And, and a lot of times people don't realize that if they do speak up in a polite and informed way, they are actually making our legislators' lives a little bit easier. Definitely. Rather than it, it making it a, a complaint line. It's not a complaint line. It's an input opportunity. Well, and, and you know, I think it's easy to judge when you don't know all the numbers and the volume of what legislators are right. dealing with. But there's truth to the fact that things will hit the floor and they're being asked to to vote when they've heard from no one and know almost nothing about the legislation. And I mean, think about the danger of that. Right. I mean, especially it, it voting just, blind. It It is voting blind. And I, I'm sure some listeners are thinking, well, shame on them. Well, I, I used to think that I really did. But having been down there and understanding, you know, as, as you said, the time frame and the it, it it's literally it's literally drinking from a fire hose when it comes to the amount of legislation. And so we have to give them, okay, here, here's the little sip. <laughs> here's what you need yeah, to know. A bit at a time. It's relevant. And really also speak to what's important to you. And and hopefully if you're listening to this, it's education and you'll speak up. I mean, your, your opinion's valued. Well, and uh, toward that end, maybe we can uh, put some, some web addresses in the description for this podcast sure, so that definitely. people can have something a little easier to uh, refer to rather than having their own fire hose of information to have to deal with. Well, we've been listening to COPS Compliance and Legislative Affairs Officer Gretchen Walden. Gretchen, thank you so much for taking the time to inform us about all this. And, My pleasure. And, uh, help us to understand how uh, helpful and important it is to have an input down under the gold dome. You can learn more about how you can have a positive input. Select Departments on the top menu, then Chief of Staff in the menu at the left. There you'll find the link to the Compliance and Legislative Affairs Office, as well as a link to a handout detailing the legislative priorities established by the Cobb School Board. Also, this podcast can be found in more and more places. We're not only on iTunes and Stitcher, but now we're on Spotify and even Google Music. So if you found these podcasts helpful in any way, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, or if you have a topic you'd like to suggest, feel free to drop me an email at david.owen at cobk12.org. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining us on this edition of The Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District. <laughs>